Sustainable living describes a lifestyle that attempts to reduce an individual's or society's use of the earth's natural resources and one's personal resources. It is often called as earth harmony living or net zero living. Its practitioners often attempt to reduce their ecological footprint, including their carbon footprint, by altering their methods of transportation, energy consumption, and or diet. In this series, we meet David Sylvan, one who is living sustainably in the Seattle area. Why don't we start out just by talking about the things that you have going on at your place today, which is a type of sustainability for the future. As in exactly today or just in general? Uh, well, just, just start talking. Let's see where it goes. Okay. <laughs> I've been out chopping wood today because I had three trees taken down oh, in order to clear um, large trees to clear um, sunlight to be able to hit my new solar panels. I'm still waiting on the power company to put the new meters in though. But when I did the arithmetic on the finances, it it looked like even from the very start I'm going to be making money every month off the, the solar panels. So it a, made sense to do it. Nice. What else do you have going on up there? You, so like, if you can be a brief overview, you got uh, solar panels on the roof. I know you're doing something with gardening. Yes, I have. I call my yard the Garden of Eaton because in my yard, if it's not edible, it is a weed. And <laughs> nice. I've, done, I've done edible landscaping, so it is all edible in my yard. And it looks like a, it's in a Japanese style, so it looks kind of like a nicely landscaped Japanese garden. So you have very edible things. Um, is it like a, how, what size are we talking here? I have a half acre. It has over 20 fruit trees, over 20 different kinds of berries. Um, so when I say a berry, I mean I have like five different kinds of strawberry and, and hundreds of hundreds of strawberry plants. Everything from alpine strawberries to musk strawberries to the kind of garden stra- variety of strawberries you buy in the store. Um, and I have uh, lots of different herb, herbs and edible flowers. And lots of things. So you have uh, urban gardening going on. And by the way, where do you live? Renton on the side of the hill. And I I live in a place where there are springs. So I actually have a spring fed pond and and I water out of my pond. The irrigation is uh, uh, on your premises. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, so you have power generation on your house. Uh, Anything else? I have an electric car. In fact, I've had it now for eight years. And it's almost paid for itself in savings so far. And now that I have solar panels, it'll have free fuel pretty much. Yeah, you're generating your own, uh, mot- uh, how do I say, automotive power. Yes. Do you have a, uh, a battery? Are you planning on putting a battery or is that? Yeah, in the future, I plan on it. I, it the math says that in eight years, I have the solar panels paid off and the, the cost of batteries are coming down. So my thinking is that I can either switch out the battery, have my car or replace it and use it and somehow wire that in and use it or else uh, in the next eight years or so have a, a home battery put in and be able to use that during the night while my cars, you know, while my house isn't generating power. Is that about the overall picture that you have? Yeah. I mean, my idea is if the, everything stopped working or I lost my job, that I'd still be able to maintain the same lifestyle I have now. 
now that we have sort of the description of the end state, let's back up a ways. And okay. uh, when did this journey start? I would say it started in 2001. I was self-employed, and the dot-com bubble had just burst, and my business was failing. And it was terrible. You know, I realized I was dependent on all these other things, gas, electricity, water, grocery stores, all these things. And I was, a, at the time, a single father of three kids. And and it was tough, you know. And I, I decided at that point that I never wanted to be in that same situation. Wow. Okay. Okay, so what was your first step? <laughs> my first step was the electric car. I did that in 2011. That's where I drive now. 2011 Nissan Leaf. It's the first mass market electric car that was out available. And I was one of the first ones signed up. In fact, I'm number 1,519 of all the Leafs ever made. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did, did you have critics, by the way? Did you, did you describe this plan to other people and they were like a little bit critical of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For some people, it's very political. And it's like, if I get an electric car, then I must be a certain political slant. <laughs> and they were there. I mean, for the very, there was people that had electric cars that told stories of like big, Four by four trucks coming up next to them and spewing like sooty diesel smoke all over their cars and stuff is like some kind of protest. And <laughs> but most of all, most of all, wait I think a minute, I had wait a minute. Positive so, feedback. so you're serious? Somebody pulled up with a diesel truck to and kind of revved the motor so that the diesel spewed out or the the soot spewed out? Seriously? Well, they actually will modify their trucks to make it so they can control it to spew out more smoke. Wow, <laughs> I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah. And this is yeah. like in the neighborhood of Auburn, or, or can you set me how this happened, or where were you at? Uh, it just, I don't remember exactly, but it, <laughs> yeah, it was, there were some people that reacted really negatively, but most of like, the majority of people were like, whoa, that's cool, you know, electric cars and stuff, and, and my experience was really positive, where my, my maintenance costs went almost to nothing, my maintenance at all almost went to nothing, and fuel-wise, you know, I'm paying, I was paying one-tenth of what I was paying before for gas. One-tenth? You know, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was when I did it. I was driving a small pickup, one of the most um, that I had for my garden, one of the most fuel efficient pickups I could have, and it was still costing about twenty five cents a mile when I did the math. And when I did the math for my electric car and calculate electricity, I was paying two cents a mile. Wow! So you had a pickup that was twenty five cents to the mile. How is that even that low? You, 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 how did you even do that with a pickup? It was the most fuel efficient pickup I could get. So, like, you're talking something that gets sixty miles per gallon or something, or? No, and this was back at that time. This was back in 2011 when I did this math, and it was... Oh, okay. Yeah, so I haven't redone the math since then. It was a small pickup, so that, I assume, like a Ford Ranger yeah, kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was a, a Mazda, but it's a Ford Ranger style. Oh. Same kind of truck. Short bed and everything. I've hauled so much stuff from my garden in that thing. It's crazy. Oh, right. Right. Cool. And, uh, and you were using the 110 uh, probably initially like I was when I started? With my electric car? Right. No, I got in on a government study, and so they, they supplied a charging station for me from my home for free as long as I participated in the study. And I, I was in it for like two years. Wow. And I hooked it up to the internet, and they could see they could watch my usage and everything. And my charging station is still working, you know, even to this day. Wow. That was nice. So you had a 220 charging station. Yes. Wow. 220 charging station in my carport. Plug in. Just like I plug in my cell phone, you know, I get home, I just plug in. What brand is that charging station? <laughs> it's a blink and uh, the public blinks are terrible but this one the station has worked served me well uh, do you have a garage for your car or is this an outside charging station uh, my house is unique it's a, it's a i never seen one design like it i have an 
a carport that goes underneath my living room. So I drive down in my carport. There's no door that opens or closes. But I also have a side garage. And so just in my carport, I have the charging station. Ah, okay. Yeah, I've seen uh, uh, some people will put their charging stations at the street. And then uh, some of the more fancy ones, you can make money with your charging station if you let other mm -hmm. people, you know, just run a card. In, or I don't know. I think they do electronic payment or something like that through some one of these mm -hmm. networks. Yeah, I've taken my leaf all the way to Westport, where... And I learned never to take an electric car on the beach. You don't drive <laughs> on the sand with them. <laughs> They're heavy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you can guess what happened. <laughs> so, so you had some friends? Did you bring enough people to help push you out, or did you have to find oh, some people? There was a lot of people on the beach, so I had like 15 people helping me push it out. <laughs> I did not get very far, so it was pretty easy to get me back to the road. <laughs> but it was really a promotional move. That's right, right? This was a, this was a uh -huh. skillful promotional move to promote electric car usage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to the beach going public. Yeah. I feel like I really kind of break in some of the whole charging networks in there. I can try them out whenever, whenever just putting them in. Oh, yeah. I'm a member of ChargePoint. ChargePoint? Yeah. ChargePoint. One of those, something like that. That's, ChargePoint's a good one. Yeah. There's, there's about four here in Washington State that I've used. The local networks that serve the Seattle area are EVgo, ChargePoint, Blink, Tesla, Sun Country Highway, and open charge. This map was created by the Seattle Electric Vehicle Association, also known as SEVA. A link to the map is in the show notes. King County Metro uh, large park and rides, they usually have a few charging stations. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe they charge nothing or minimal cost. I can't remember what it is. I think it's a $2 transaction fee. And then you can charge your car there the whole day. And uh, so you could kind of uh, drive your car for free. Tell me more about the critics. I'm trying to, I'm trying to personify them a little bit. Do you have, is there other, other people, uh, like, was it your parents? Were they critical? Or do you have people who could, that you had to negotiate with in order to get this, this stuff started? Well, my, my parents were very supportive. My brother was more skeptical. Mm. And it's more along political lines. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like I had people tell me that, oh, yeah, it, it's great until you have to replace the battery. And you have to do that, like, really soon and stuff. And you know, my goal was to go 10 or 11 years without having to replace my battery so I could pay off the car and savings first. Right. I'm not going to quite make that. I'm at the point now, after uh, eight years, that I'm, I'm to the point where I need to replace the battery. So I'm sort of trying looking for an aftermarket one. So a lot of people were just very skeptical that I actually saving money, or they would be that, or it would be like driving a a um, golf a golf cart. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of slow. And so I just had I just hey come try driving it, and they'd have fun with it. Mm. In fact, I was I would really enjoy on the back roads being on these these back roads and have someone going slow in front of me. I could just zip around them like they were standing still because it's like instant torque. Right, I've noticed that as well. So we're a two-car family. We have a, a, a gas-powered, uh, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good car, like probably 270 horsepower. And uh, the the electric car, which is on the same, uh, how do I say, level as, as your your car, as the Nissan Leaf. It's a it's a Fiat. It actually, I think it will out-accelerate it at least up to maybe 30 miles per hour. And then after that, somewhere around there, there's going to be a, a point where the uh, the high performance or higher performance gas car will, will beat it, but yeah. yeah. Are you interested in science fiction with a Hawaiian twist? 
Nafi is a retired pro surfer who works security at a pineapple plant. He falls for a girl who uses him to break security so she can investigate a conspiracy to destroy Hawaii's pineapple crop. Unfortunately, she gets caught, Nafi gets in trouble, and the epidemiologist who's behind the pineapple virus is out to kill them. Honolulu Hadi is a cyberpunk action-adventure novelette set in post-global warming Hawaii. To get this novelette, go to Amazon and search for Lancer Honolulu Hati. David tells us more in the next episode. Yeah, my main thing is trying to have diversity, diversity of options. So I'm not always relying on one service or, or system. So I've thought about doing um, so pressurized natural gas because I have gas to my house and have like diversity of car options and fuel options. So I've got electricity, I've got gas, but you know, natural gas would be kind of good too to have that as an option. Uh, for food and water, I mean, I've got my yard. It's like a very diverse food source. <laughs>